This is Wednesday, June 22nd. We've been working our way through the Gospel of Luke, chapter 15. We're looking at a series of parables by Jesus. Now, Jesus often taught using stories because he knew that stories had the ability to get past people's defenses. Often, we can't hear a message that's given to us straight on. Now, this is why the prophet Nathan approached King David. Rather than confronting him about his sin, he told him a story. From the point of the story, David could see the scandal of his actions, his adultery with Bathsheba, and the murder of his friend Uriah. Now, the parable of the prodigal son is one that has captured hearts for hundreds of years. We love this story because it shows us unspeakable and undeserved love. Likely, we have given it the wrong name. It might better be called the story of two sons, or even better, the story of the loving father. Here's our text for today, Luke 15, 11-12. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. As we talked about on Sunday, when we read this text and hear Jesus' story, we may miss the scandal. The parable opens with the younger of the two sons asking for his share of the estate. Now, those who heard Jesus first tell this story must have gasped when they heard it. Why? Well, first, the younger son wishes his father was dead. That way he could get what is coming to him right away. He wouldn't have to wait. You see, in the ancient world, there was no one more important in the family than the father. The father's reputation, uh, family's reputation, I'm sorry, rested with the reputation of the father. Now, this past Sunday, we learned that in our world, if you ask the question, So you wake up at night, the house is on fire, and you only have a short amount of time to get people out of the house alive. Who will you rescue first? Now today the answer would be your babies or your young children. But in the ancient world, there was only one way that people would answer. You would go and get your father first. And the reason you would do that is there really is no family without him. If you had no father, you didn't have a family. But there was a second reality. The lands of Israel had been allotted to the tribes after Israel came into the land of promise. And the Lord provided the land as a perpetual resource for his people. Your attachment to your family land, well, it was meant to be permanent. Your father before you and his father before him farmed the same piece of dirt, the same property. It was your heritage, and your family identity was attached to it. It was a scandal to sell your land. Your your family would only do this at the height of desperation. You see, the younger son's actions are an open attack on his father and his family. The message was clear. He wanted nothing to do with them. He only wanted the money, not his father. Now, how tempting is it for us to look at God like this? We don't really want him, but we do want his goods and gifts. 
we enjoy life in his world, but we really don't seek to enjoy him. Thankfully, our Father has a great love for us. So as we begin to look at this parable, we see an unthinkable scene and an unspeakable offense against the Father. We should also mention that the entire community would see it this way. Now here is the shock. The father could kick his son from the house. That is what the community would expect, and the whole community would ostracize him. And that is what he deserves. But instead, the father does as the son asks. Jesus says the father divided his property. Now that word property there is a powerful word in Greek. It's the word bios. It's where we get the word biology. It literally means life. It means the father, he divided his life and he gave it to his sons. Now this is the setting of the parable. There are some things that you just cannot come back from unless your transgressions can be covered. And that's the point of the gospel. When we see what the younger son has requested, it deepens our awareness of his father's love for him. First, we see how much he loves his son. And, and second, what had to be forgiven and restored. The young man is in a perfect place where he can be saved, but he still has a ways to fall. He can't stay in the neighborhood, so he goes on the run. He goes as far away from his father's house and gets away from his father's name and reputation to a place that, that won't really matter. And he doesn't use the money to start his own business or buy his own farm. He goes through all of it in the worst sort of ways. Think womanizing, drinking, all kinds of luxury that is fleeting and easily used up. You see, what his family had maintained with their sweat and blood for generations, it soon goes up in smoke. It was a waste, to say the least. But, as we learned on Sunday, he's still not done. When he has lost everything, and famine comes to the land where he has gone, he attaches himself like a leech to a man of means. And that man likely wanted to ditch him. He assigns him a job that no one with any respect, any self-respect, would take. Feeding his pigs. And our young man has fallen so far even that it's hard to imagine what could be worse. From there, the depth of his misery becomes even clearer. He wishes he could eat as well as the pigs, and so he takes to begging. But no one gives him a thing. Now, if you wanted to create a picture of hell and death, you couldn't imagine a whole lot better here on earth. Jesus gives us this picture because he wants us to see how great the Father's grace is. Here's the way one theologian, Gerhard Forda, explains it. God is not one who waits to approve those who have improved themselves, made themselves acceptable, or merited approval, but one who bestows good on the bad and needy. The love of God creates precisely out of nothing. Therefore, the sinner must be reduced to nothing in order to be saved. Only the friends of the cross who have been reduced to nothing are properly prepared to receive the justifying grace poured out by the creative love of God. 
all other roads are closed. Yes, for our young man, all roads, all other roads seem closed. It's amazing to think that we can't get grace until this is true. We'll look for another way. We'll find another route. But the good news is we can find ourselves in a hell of our own making, but Jesus will descend even into hell to find us and bring us home. That's the good news of the gospel. Let's pray. Lord, we'd really like to improve ourselves and get your attention. We'd like to be self-sustaining and self-healing, but we know that we are not. We rejoice that our condition doesn't keep you from us. Forgive us for our sense of self-righteousness and pride and help us to see how much we are loved. In your name, amen. Amen.